the second, so we're up to two dots on the Chav Gimel and Aleph. So the second, the second um, set of cases in the Mishnah is what we're going to address ourselves to now. And that was the case of Kasher Ve'ena Olam the cases of that they're valid sukkahs. However, in going on them on Yantif, you violate a halacha, and therefore you're not allowed to go on them on Yantif. So what were the cases? If I made it on a tree, or I made it on a camel, that's the case. Those are the cases. So what's the problem? So Rashi said, basically, that there's a Xerod Rabbanan, that you can't go on a tree, and you can't use a tree on Yantif. Maybe you'll take it off, and there's also Xerod, you can't go on an on a animal on Yantif, or Shabbos. And therefore, the halacha is that you're not allowed to go on it. In other words, it's the same thing. It's almost the same thing as saying that to go into your sukkah, there's a, you'd have to turn on the light. Right? So what would be the halacha if you had to turn on your light to go into the sukkah? It would be a kasher sukkah, but you can't go in on Shabbos or Yantif. So it's the same thing. Right? Except this is definitionally, right? Part and parcel of the way the sukkah was constructed, definitionally to the essence of the sukkah. It's not incidental to the sukkah. It's an essential characteristic of the sukkah is that it's something which cannot be used on Yantif. So it's not, as opposed to the case where I just said where you happen not to be able to use it on Yantif or there's a technicality. Here the sukkah was constructed in such a way that its very use violates Shabbos, its very use violates Yantif, and therefore... And as we mentioned, Rashi says that, however, if I violate Yantif and I go on it, I still fulfill my obligation. Wasn't there a time, though, where this was not zero? Yeah. 100%. Right. And therefore what? You're not, you're not building your sukkah on something that was possible. Yeah, um, right? it's, it's like any other rabbinic law. Rabbinic laws are acts of the Sanhedrin in response to a particular issue. And at that point in history, they become prohibited. So you're right, beforehand not, but once they are, they're bound not only by, the th- again, the authority of the Durabanan, the authority of the rabbinic law. Right, the Doraisa, you know, it's Losasar, the Rambam says, that you violate Losasar every time. Of, in other words, what empowers the rabbis to legislate? What makes the rabbinic law binding? Who gave them such authority? It's only Losasar. It's the fact that the Torah itself imparts this power. These are part of their powers of the Sanhedrin. And therefore, uh, you're not allowed to do it on Yantav. But you're right, it only is, it only is rabbinic. Okay, so, says the Gemara. Oh, Gabe Gamal. Masnisen money, who is the Mishnah? Remeir, it's Remeir, the Tanya, if I make my sukkah on a behemah, on an animal, Remeir Machshir, Rabbi Huda Posa. The mayor says it's a kosher sukkah, and Rabbi Huda says it's not a kosher sukkah, it's a puzzle sukkah. So that's exactly our case, right? The Mishnah's case was a camel, this says an animal, and uh, Rabbi Meir says it's kosher. So how would this work? Multiple, multiple tanoim in the Mishnah? What do you mean in the Mishnah? Like the first part was Rabbi Kiva, then the next part's Rabbi Meir, and then the next part. Oh, right. In other words, it's, it's the time. In other words, there's different ways of saying that. I mean, it's an interesting question. I mean, there are different ways you could put it. I mean, either Rabbi Yehuda HaNasi, I guess the, the simplest way is to say Rabbi Yehuda HaNasi cited the, when he wrote, the, when he redacted the Mishnayis, he put the Stam Halacha accordance with the one who he felt the Halacha was like. 
So it's not that they wrote the Mishnah, they didn't write the Mishnah, right? they wrote their opinions, or they said their opinions. But Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, when he codifies it in the Mishnah, selects the opinions who he views as the Halacha, or ruled on the opinions, actually, as he was doing the Mishnah, as Maritzkiya says, when he was writing the Mishnah, right? And therefore, he's actually codifying this. So while we have these brises, which are sort of analogs to the Mishnah, they're... They're, they help us understand the various points of view in the Mishnah and not in the Mishnah, right? Because some of these don't even appear in the Mishnah. The Mishnah doesn't even cite a machlokas, right? Nevertheless, I mean, I guess it's an interesting question. When did Rabbi Yehuda HaNasi choose to include the machlokas, even though the halacha was not like it? And when does he not? Right? I mean, I guess that's an interesting question, you know, in general. I mean, presumably he's giving more credibility to the opposing position when he's including it in the Mishnah, even when the rules of the Psach would yield the halachas like the Stam. Now, sometimes you have machlokas v'achar kach Stam, for example. You have a machlokas in Mishnah A and then a Stam in Mishnah B, like one of the two opinions, and the halacha is going to be like the Stam. So why did he cite the machlokas if the halacha is like the Stam? So for whatever reason, to show us all the other opinions or whatever it was, right? But Tarshav al so why didn't he cite these opinions? Right? And those, when does he choose to include or when does he choose not to? I mean, I guess it's sort of an interesting question. But um, be that as it may, so the Bryce's exactly talk about our case. And the Bryce says that it's Rameir's Machshir. So that is exactly our Mishnah. Rabbi Huda Posel, my time with Rabbi Huda. So we know also my time with Rabbi Huda, which means the first, our first blush, it should be Kasha. Right, in other words, from the fact that the Gemara asks, who, the target of the Gemara's question always is the bigger Chiddush, which means the Gemara holds at, at, at the outset that it's more simple, it should be kosher. Why shouldn't it be kosher? Right, what's wrong with making a sukkah on a, on a behemoth? What's wrong with making a sukkah on a, on a uh, what's it called? Yeah. Now, the truth is we should know that before we see the Gemara. Right? We should have a problem already if you make your sukkah on a behemoth. This goes, back to, this goes back to the pictures Harvey texted, really. Let's look at these pictures a little bit more carefully. Harvey, thank you very much for texting these. Let's look for a second at the camel pictures. Could this be what we're talking about? Could Harvey's pictures be what we're talking about? I think the first picture. The first or the second picture. There's no floor in Harvey's picture. Well... What's the problem? We know Rabbi Huda says that it moves. Uh, it moves. It's not a move. It's on Rabbi Huda said if you make your sukkah on a bed, keeping the metal Rabbi Huda says, right? You can't. If it can't stand by itself, it's possible. But this one could stand by itself. Why? Yeah, but as if you remove the camel, the whole thing would fall to the floor. I don't think that's what the Mishnah means. If you've moved the camel away, the whole thing's going to fall. Could Harvey's pictures be what we're talking about? Huh? Could Harvey, I mean, they're amazing pictures, by the way. Where'd you go? I don't even know where you go. <laughs> amazing pictures. But could Harvey's pictures be what we're talking about? So we said there's such a halacha. I didn't even look at it. We said there's a halacha. If you make your mita on the bed, Rabbi Yehuda, who's the same Rabbi Yehuda, says if it would fall, if you'd move the bed, it's possible. The Gemara said, my time with the Rabbi Yehuda, why was the reason? So there's a machlokas why. Right? 
There's a machlokus why. One says, Maimid bedavra hamakabal tzoma, and one says, that's ein lo kva. So let's just talk about the opinion of ein lo kva, that it moves around. So we should already know it's puzzle, right? So we know why it's puzzle. How could the Gemara, was going to add a new reason? But if it's Harvey's pictures, it should be puzzle on the basis of the Mishnah of Chafal from the base, according to Reb Zera. No? So you know, Tosus asked this question. Tosus asked this question. Tosus says Rabbi Yehuda. So Tosus asked the question. If you look at Rabbi Yehuda Machshir, Tosus says, B'shelo soma chasok al gava ayri. We're not talking about Harvey's pictures. We're not talking about that the sukkah is actually on the back of the animal. It's exactly the case of the, of the Gemara Chafala from a base. Right? Rather, what's the case? The floor of two animals. The camel is the floor well, of the sukkah, but the sukkah is independently standing. The schach is independently standing. Schach. Exactly like with we said. Exactly with the walls. Exactly like we saw on the bottom of the Chafalfarm base. If you remember, they weren't Chafalfarm base. Right? Chazara, Shpidim. gentlemen. Right. Shpidim, 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 right? Shpidim. The things, right? If you remember, Chazaras, right? They were on the bottom of Chafalfarm base. Right, sukkah yid, right, exactly. So the bar at the bottom of Chafal from the base, what did it say? What did it say the Nachkamina was? What was an example of when it was kosher? When you built a frame of shipudim over it, and that was just the floor. Right? So in that case, the schach is not, the schach is kavua, which apparently we were, struggled with this, but it, it was sufficient to deal with the issue of dirasarai versus diras kva over there. Right? And therefore, says Tosis, that must be what we're talking about here too. Right? Because if it was otherwise, it would be a puzzle anyway. Right? So this is very important. Right? So, so Harvey, you have a lot of homework. You have a lot of homework. So you're saying that's You have to find this a picture. <laughs> you have to find this a picture now that's not like this. So we're saying if the pole... Right? That's why it's really a Shaila and Rabbi Huda. So then what's the problem? So now, now the Gemara's question is exactly. Now the Gemara is a very good question. We should... Right? Now Tosis is really asking a question on the Gemara. Right? Rabbi Huda says what... Rabbi Huda says it's cut, it's it's puzzle. So Mar says, why should it be puzzle? Tos says, I know. Rabbi Huda already said that if it, that's all right, because Mikal tell us it's just like be soma pakariamita, because it moves around, right? So Mar answers. So Tosus answers, no, that's not the case, right? The case is like what we saw earlier, that bishipudim or whatever, right? That the scoff is fixed, and therefore there's no Israel kvias, right? So what's the problem then? Therefore, now we're back in the Gemara. So my time of the Rebbe Yehuda, Amar Kra, Chag HaSukkah Tasa L'Chashivas Yamim, Sukkah Ru'yu L'Shiva Shema Sukkah, Sukkah She'enu Ru'yu L'Shiva L'Shema Sukkah. The only problem left is that you can't go on an Anyantif. There's a technicality. What's the technicality? That to go on an Anyantif requires me to violate an Isidur Abanan, a rabbinic prohibition of going on an animal, using an animal, and therefore what? It's not Ru'yu L'Shiva, it's not fit for use all seven days. And because not fit for use all seven days, there's that, that's problematic. Why? The Torah says, You should make the holiday of Sukkot for use seven days. The Gemara has a drasha that says that that Pasuk is teaching us a new halacha. Not just that the length of the holiday is seven days, but that teaches about the type of Sukkah. You can't have a Sukkah which is unsustainable you, a sukkah that's not sustainable for the duration of the holiday is invalid sukkah, which brought us, which is the point Reb Chaim made yesterday about, about how to deal with the sukkah Baruch Hasfina. But be that as it may, because right, that was going to fall down tomorrow. 
Right, so that was Reb Chaim's question yesterday, right? It's not Roy Lashiva. So Barosha Svina, if it's going to fall down, Baruch Matsuya Diyam, on a regular wind of the sea, it's going to fall down. It's not, it's not going to, uh, tomorrow, right? So that's also not fit for seven. How does that work? That's, that was the second layer of the Maybe question. An issue in the sukkah. It's an issue in, so that's what we got into yesterday. Is it Be'etzim? Is it contextual? But even so, right? Presumably, contextually, you know, is, conte- I mean, that, that gets into the parameters of halacha. Is that the answer? In other words, does contextually negate this drasha? Okay, that's that's fair. You you can fight that out with Mayor. <laughs> but yeah, another, go ahead. It's fair. Yeah, I think it's a fair mean, point. I mean, if the Sfina was an issue of not used being able to use it on Shabbos or on Yom Tov. Oh, oh, not Sfina. The, the, I mean, with the with the the the, the, the With the Behema. Oh yeah, right. With the Behema, it's an issue. Chaim's question. What? Chaim's question was about the boat. Because in the boat, the Gemara said that we're talking about a case where it's for sure going to blow down because of the high winds of the sea. So if it's for sure... If you're like in a harbor, you know, you build a... So I build a sook in a harbor, and the Gemara says the type of harbor we're in that we're talking about is that it's very likely it's going to get blown down today or tomorrow. There's a very big document between someone building their sook on a boat or someone's building it on a mine. The difference is that someone builds it on a, on a boat, it's stuck on the boat, and it's not like it's in the middle of the ocean, has nowhere else to put it. For someone who's putting on his umbrella, still has the whole earth around him to build a sukkah. It's like Rasha and Zion already says, it's locked up a boat. So the point is that there's, there's the high wind velocity. The point is it's a case where there's... Agreed, a, fine. So regardless of where the boat is, you're right. Saying, you don't have to say oh, he's stranded, he doesn't have materials. That's not, it's lavdavka boat. And, and I'm not sure why that would be a valid halacha argument also. In other words, the fact that I have no recourse doesn't make it permissible. Because let's say I only had, that's what a point I was making yesterday, let's say I only have an apple. So can you now shake a lulav in an apple? No, it's, very, it's not comparable to this case. How come? You have an option to build a sukkah on the floor next to the camel. So? Between the two animals. Yeah, but the question is, on the boat I have no recourse, and therefore it should be kosher. Yes. Why? Because it's defined by the place where you have to set it up. You have no other option. But it's not going to stand here. That's how you know that it's not going to stand here. It's, it's, not, in a ruch, it's not going to stand yeah. in a Ruach Matsuya Diyam. But that's the case. That's the case. The case is it's not going to stand in a Ruach Matsuya It's not going to stand, then you don't have it. So I don't have it. Not according to Rabbi Akiva. I'm talking about that. The question is within that opinion. The question is, what's the basis of that opinion? So, so is, that's what we were dealing with. Rabbi Chaim was. I'm just pointing out from. I'm just going back to that because this was the basis of the way Rabbi Chaim asked the question yesterday. It's fine. Is, so, is the argument between Rabbi Akiva and um, Rabbi Gamliel just on the Sfina, or it's the Gala as well? It's on the Sfina. Um, well, Rashi says their machlokas is about both, but that's because their machlokas is about. It seems to be a different machlokas about both. You know, this is going to take us beyond the purview. That's a, that's a great question. That's a great question. Are the two cases linked? It is a big enough. I mean, I think it's a terrific question, but that's going to involve us, I think, too much in yesterday's, the nitty-gritty of yesterday's stuff, and we're going to lose focus on that. I was just, the only reason why I brought up yesterday is because we're seeing now the basis of part of what was troubling us yesterday. Part of what was troubling us yesterday is if I build my sukkah in an ocean, and it's for sure, it's the type of ocean or in the port that's for sure going to fall, it's going to for sure fall down. Right? So, so that should not be Shiva. That's not fit for seven days because it's not going to make it. Why? Because in normal circumstances, it's going to fall down. So it should be puzzle. You were saying, Mayor was saying that, uh, no, that maybe it's, Be'etzim is something that could, 
that could fit, that got into the point we were making. So it could be another one of this Well, the issue with that, with not with saying that, is that it seems to be a consensus drusha. Even Remeyer, when he, no, no, I can't prove it to you, but even Remeyer's rejection, now Remeyer's arguing with Rabbi Huda. Right, so what does Remeyer hold in our case? Remeyer, Remeyer, of course I hold of the drusha. It has to be a sukkah rila shiva. So why should I tell you that this sukkah is kasher? I can't use it on Shabbos or Yantif. It's not fit for all seven days. It's only Durabanan, like Rabbi Savage said the other day. It's only Durabanan, it's only rabbinic law. And therefore, biblically, it is roi l'shiva. Biblically, it is fit for, for all seven days. So even though, and this might be relevant to the pragmatic issue, by the way, by the way Remer is responding. Right? And therefore, because biblically it's fit for all seven days, this is a valid sukkah midoraisa. I, on a rabbinic level, it's not. It doesn't matter because we only care about the biblical law as it relates to this drasha. Right. As far as fulfilling the chiyuv, you'll fulfill the chiyuv on that. <coughs> this is very interesting. This is a very interesting halacha. But before we go on, I just want to make sure it was clear. This is the sort of, well, Yeah. This because is big. It is big. This is but huge. Before we unpack this a little bit more, I just want to make sure we're all good, right? Let's just review for a second what we just said, right? The Gemara asked me, the Gemara said, if I make a sukkah on a camel on a tree, our Mishnah says kasher. The Gemara wants to know who was it. So Ramir says kasher, Rabbi says puzzle. The Gemara says, we get why it should be kasher, why should it be puzzle? The Gemara says, because Rabbi Yehuda holds of a drasha that says that the sukkah has to be fit for use on all seven days. And because one of the days is inevitably Shabbos and Yontif, right? So therefore, it's possible because it's not fit for use on those days. Because in so doing and using it, you wind up violating rabbinic law. The Gemara says, great answer. What does Remeir do with that, right? If it's not fit for all seven days, Remeir should agree then that it's possible. How can Remeir argue and say that it's a kosher sukkah? Gemara answers on behalf of Remeir, no, because biblically it's a kosher sukkah. The only issues here are rabbinic, and therefore it's considered to be fit for all seven days. Before we unpack this anymore, is there any, is the, is the back and forth in the Gemara clear? Or no? Any issues? I feel like there's, <laughs> I'm not getting like love on. So when Romer well, says it's Midorais and Mefzachazia, is this machlokas in the Metzias about whether an animal's Ru'il Shiva? I, I don't think it's a machlokas in Metzias. Right. I think time. everyone agrees that the halacha is you can't go on an anyantif. Saying, Rabbi Huda is saying it's Lush, it's 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 a Loshma Sukkah because it's not really Lashiva. And having an animal there on the floor is not it's not called the Sukkah, it's not really Because you can't go on an anyantif. Mayor is going on the Sukkah though. The mayor is saying the Sukkah therefore is is perfect. Why? It's, it's a perfect building. It's not. It's, it doesn't have not any. Not Shiva, but it is. But it is. What does it mean? It's biblically Ruiyah Lashiva. So that's a great question. Does, in other words, what is Roy? The brisker what is the, fork. It's the brisker fork. I don't know if it's a brisker fork. I'm not sure. If, I don't know if this is a brisker fork. Because it seems to me, what's the machlokas here, right? In other words, in other words, the Torah says you need a sukkah that's fit for use every single day of sukkah. You need a sukkah that's fit for use every single day of sukkah. And it's not good enough if it only works for six out of seven days or five out of seven days. If I can't use it for all seven days, it ain't good. That's the drusha. It seems to be an accepted drusha. Right. It does seem to be a debate. What does seem to be a debate is the fact that I'm not allowed to go on an anyantif, midir abonon, constitutes a problem. In other words, what is the parameters 
of the, of the requirement to be royal Shiva. What are the requirements of royal Shiva? They use it all week. So is it a practical halacha? Or is it a halacha ba'atzeh? Is, is this sukkah a sukkah that the Torah says is not fit for all seven days? That's one way to say it. That's inherently in the construction of the sukkah, it's fundamentally problematic. Or just there's an added layer of problem because the rabbis came along and made problems. Like, it's a fundamental, the sukkah fundamentally is an acceptable sukkah for all seven days. And this, this might answer your question from yesterday also. Right? It's fundamentally... It's fundamentally fit for all seven days on a biblical level. What does that mean? A vacuum? If you could freeze time, snapshot the moment, it would be kosher? No, midoraisa. The Torah says this. If I'd ask the Torah, if I'd ask God, right, is this a kosher sukkah? He'd say yes. Now, the rabbis came along and said, yeah, we need to intervene because there's a problem. People are busy taking off branches on Shabbos when they're using their animals or whatever, right? Therefore, we can't let you use it. But that doesn't mean this is the type of sukkah that's not fit for it. The Pazak says, So, isn't that implying that you have to make it for seven days? And if it's something that you can't use on one of the days, then you're not making it for seven days. has to be the language of the drasha, just to be precise, is the language of the statute, right? Is that, is that it should be the su- a sukkah that's fit for all seven days. Okay. It's not clear in the language if it means is that a, a biblical or a pragmatic a... thing or it's inherent validity. So I'm yeah. saying before you get to the Rabbana, before you get to the Rabbi Huda said, this has to be a sukkah the shiva, and this is obviously not. And Rabbi Meir says, Hanami midiraisi it is royal shiva midoraisa. It's only the rabbanan who are coming along and saying that it's not. So I'm asking, what does that mean? I mean, like, is it are they have machlokas whether it's royal shiva? Like they have machlokas whether an animals. I think they have. Ma- I think they're having a machlokas what the gather of royal shiva is. That's what are the okay. parameters of the statute? And pasha's royal shiva means it's going to stand for seven days. I, don't th- I think that's the machlokas. Is it asher to mount an animal on Shabbos? Right. And one of those qualifications is the animals will walk away. Great. I think they're not arguing with the animals and walk away. I think they're arguing that's, I think, self-evident the animal will walk away. Okay. I think we're going to see even later in the Gemara, the Gemara's asked that question about yeah, other things about the animals. The wall, right, exactly. Right? I think the issue is the definition of Roy L'Shiva. What does the requirement of Roy L'Shiva mean? Does Roy L'Shiva mean it's fundamentally, it's essential characteristic is something which is fit for all seven days, it's fundamentally fit, or is there a technicality why I can't do it? Is it pragmatic almost? So those rabbinic law, without getting into losasa, for just leaving that aside for a moment, right? rabbinic law is fundamentally vis-a-vis the biblical law is just, hand, is just a problem. It's just, it's just, an, it's just a, almost a pragmatic impediment. It doesn't speak to the essence. What's the difference between a biblical law and a rabbinic law? A biblical law is the essence of something. And rabbinic law is not the essence, but it's a, almost a pragmatic thing. I'll give you an example. There's a question, um, there's a question of, there's a famous question. I'm sure some people have heard it. But there's a famous question, do I have to do tshuva if I violate an isra d'ra If I violate rabbinic law by accident, do I have to repent? So here's the question. Why is it a question? 
because Nasibus asked this question. So, so if I violate a biblical law, he says like this, by, by, if I violate a biblical law, I eat chametz on Pesach. So I've done two things wrong. What are the two things wrong I've done? I've ingested spiritual poison, and I've rebelled against God. If I violate a biblical law by accident, I haven't rebelled against God, but I've ingested spiritual poison. If I do a rabbinic law by accident, he says, a rabbinic law isn't inherently poison, right? It's just saying, don't eat the chicken and milk because I'll come to eat meat and milk. So it's not spiritual poison, it's just a technicality. It's just, don't do A lest you come to do B. So, so it's not. So the issue then, if I violate an Isra Abundant, is a Merida, is the rebellion against the, the, param, the law, because God said, listen to that. So if I do it by accident, I don't have to do tshuva. That's what Nasiva says. Okay? So there are the, many, everyone argues Nasivas. However, the, the fundamental point about the distinction is a very good way of highlighting the distinction in biblical and rabbinic law. Biblical law is a holiday inherent in, in creation, it's something that's inherent about the world. Rabbinic law is something which is responsive to the situation which the Jewish people find themselves in. For example, why isn't Hanukkah a biblical holiday? Because it wasn't essential for the Jewish people until that time. At which point the rabbis, which means the Jewish people in their inherent spiritual reality don't require a Hanukkah. They require a Pesach, they require a Shavuot, they don't require Hanukkah. Hanukkah is a reaction to a historical event. Purim is a reaction to a historical event or a failing of the Jewish people. It's reaction to something in history. Biblical holidays are part of the essence of the Jewish people. It's the same thing with Treif Darabon, Treif Darabon. It's the same thing with anything that's Darabon, Darabon. Right? So the point here being, I think, a similar point to what we were talking about yesterday. In other words, this sukkah is inherently, essentially valid for all seven days. It's fit for all seven days. There's technicality. I can't use it. Okay, so there's a technicality. There's a light blocking me from entering my sukkah, so I can't use it. Let me ask the question. Let's say my sukkah has a light that's triggered by me going in on Yontif. Is that called a sukkah she'ena ru'u l'shiva? Let's vote on it. <laughs> what do you say? To, for me to go in on Yontif would require me to violate an Isidur Abadon. Let's say it's Isidur Abadon. Okay. What? So you say it is Roy Lashiv or not Roy no, Lashiv? It's a problem. It's a problem. Okay. He says it's Roy. Why do you say it's Roy? He says that, that's this machlokas. He says it's this machlokas. Okay. Saying that's not the etzim sukkah. Here we're talking about the floor of the sukkah. But we're talking about it vis-a-vis rabbinic law. Which is a technicality. Vis-a-vis the biblical law. Regardless if it's biblical or rabbinic, any um, I think it's going to affect the status of you being the seven days is the psul in the sukkah, regardless of if it's external, internal. Okay, is the fact that I put on a light a psul in the sukkah? It's a psul in the God we're not able to fulfill. Let me ask you a question. Let's say someone locked the sukkah. <laughs> it's not a good example. Whatever. You're saying that, that any pragmatic any problem. Pragmatic problem, even if the sukkah is 100% kosher, the fact that there's this external light that you can't violate because. You know it's there, it's 100% going to make it not by the Shiva. Okay, that's a fair position. I don't understand why this is such a complication. If we're going <laughs> to abide by the rabbinical there. rulings, then it's, then it's not going to be where the Shiva. Because we have to abide. But Rameir argues with you. You're arguing with Rameir. Yeah, okay. 
So what is Ramirez's opinion? I'm asking you what Ramirez is saying. He doesn't want to be in the Jewish people. He wants to go somewhere to be exiled. <laughs> no, he wants <laughs> to know if he can use it on Cholomoe. No, 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 no. That's not his question. His question is, can you use it on Cholomoe? His question is not, can I violate Yonta? His question is, can I use it on Cholomoe where I'm not violating this? He's saying the fact that it happens to also be problematic on Yonta, does that disqualify to use on Cholomoe? Because if there's such a requirement... No, because if there's a requirement to be royal shiva for all seven days, that would invalidate on Cholomoy too. That's not true, though, because once Cholomoy kicks in, that, that inherent deficiency... No, it is true. It would, it would render it invalid. You can't, He's saying it's puzzle all seven days. You can't use it's not true, it you're not, so, so What's not true? So that, what I'm saying is not true? Light, if that light goes off, so you, kept, you, <laughs> What's, you, kept, you kept the first six days of Silicon Hill and stuff. Then right. that light went off on the seventh day. Are you telling me retroactively you didn't keep a rough shiva? Not if shiva? it went off. Was okay. it was it so necessarily going to go off when I went in? The sixth day. Now, Eric Yantif and Eric Yisrael, someone's been through the timers, the lights on, whatever it is, the infrared lights on. Let's say I wired it that it's impossible that it shouldn't go off. Let's not really deal with timers. I wired it. It's impossible to violate it. Okay. And so now, I ate in Cholomoy, and I'm going to my friend's house. I'm going to my parents' house for, yeah, for the second days. Okay? Was it, was, did I eat in the sukkah on Cholomoyed? That's the question in the Gemara. Right. The question in the Gemara is Cholomoyed, not on although Rashi complicates it. But, right. but, oh, so but, you're allowed to use two different sukkahs? 100%. Yeah, well, There's no requirement to use this sukkah so, all yes. seven days. So you read out of the question? Correct, but nonetheless, the, but nonetheless, both sukkahs have to be fit for the entire day. That's the Kiddush of the Drasha. Realize how novel the Drasha is. The drasha is imposing on a sukkah you build any day of sukkahs that has to be roy for all seven days. Okay, wait, wait. I just want to point this out. I checked up in, in Steinchalk where he touched up. Right. I think it was Pasha's point, but maybe I, just, I missed it. So he points out that the reason why it's not really l'shiva is because, and Medaraisa it is, because Medaraisa it's mutter to be mishdamish with the hay on Shabbos. So it's, you, you could use it all sides. It's only the Isra Durabanan that to use the animal. Exactly. In other words, theoretically, if the animal would stay there... Yeah, we're talking about the really animal staying there, 100%. It's, 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 I think it's very posh. The issue isn't whether the animal is staying there. The you can use the animal on Shabbos. So it is Rui Lashiva Midoraisa. The perfect floor for a sukkah. Only Midorabanan, I think I'm saying. Say, you have to defend Rabbi Meir. What's Rabbi Meir saying? You're saying because the animal may move. Well, you're saying because the animal may move. It's a Durabanan to touch an animal on Shabbos. You're allowed to mount an animal. I don't have a problem with the mission. I'm not coming from the mission. It's not from the sukkah. Rabbi Meir is saying that it's possible. Not, because it, sorry, it's usher, because it's royal l'shiva. So you're asking a problem. You're saying, what do you mean? What Rabbi Huda is saying is so compelling because because I because I I can't use it, right? Right. 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 Right.
Therefore, you have this, and therefore, you need rice for sure. So, what's the logic? I'm still not allowed to go on it. Like Rashi pointed out, if you use it, you'd be Yotze, your favorite rice. Does your beauty hold that also? The Shiloh becomes. Why it's not practical? So I'm explaining. I'm I'm addressing. One second. So I'm addressing myself. That's what I'm addressing myself. I'm not. I'm not. Today's rule. That's all I'm saying. It's theoretical. Yeah. Right. It's just yeah. I, I would say correct. I, I the way I, the word I prefer the theoretical is essentially, is essentially, not rather than theoretical. Right. 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 I agree. I was only defending Rameir. Not. Now come along to Rabbanan. I agree. Because we think of it practically. And this and here's we'll take it a step further. Yeah, take yeah, take yeah, take yeah, yeah, that time. Yeah, yeah, that time. Because Rabbi Meir is arguing. Rabbi Meir is saying, they don't have that task. Rabbi Meir is saying, 100%. No question about it. You could be Yotze. Yes, question about it. I do really think it's not. I'm not 100%. Rabbi Meir is saying, limit the power of the drug. Let's take it one step further. Let's take it it was on the boat. So the boat's not Royal Shiva. Because, so if you learn, like... Because the, it's windy. Because it's windy. But if it would be on the land, right. it would be fine. fine. So it's circumstantial. So in Rameir, it's fine. In Rameir, it's fine. Or in... In Rameir, it's fine. Think why? Because on a meter on a circumstantial. In Rameir's understanding of the drasha of Yamin. It only deals with the essential characteristic of the sukkah, not with the circumstantial or technica- technical issue with the sukkah. And therefore, Rabbi Kiva, you could say, learns like this shot on Chag HaSukkah. There are two different issues, right? But I'm just saying, maybe his question was, what about this issue? Right? So I'm saying, if you learn like this one, one position in that side, right, that would resolve that way of asking yesterday's question as it relates to as it relates to this, is there a, is there a derisa and there a by building on the boat? With the wind? No, I'm I'm drawing I'm drawing a, a, a comparison. I'm suggesting something. In other words, I'm saying it's a little different. No, it is a little Here, different. There's a derisa, there are abundant component that's causing the ex, that's causing the practical that's causing you to look at it differently. Like if it's real or if it's the not existential real. ontological reality of the sukkah <laughs> versus the. <laughs> Versus the contextual relative reality of the sukkah, right? So what I'm suggesting is that the basis for being mechalik to for drawing right, a distinction so between your distinction, biblical saying, and rabbinic is the same basis for making so a distinction between same. where I happen to be versus what it is ontologically speaking, right. okay, or whatever, right? So that's your distinction, right? So, okay. so if you work with that mahalach, it could yeah. work. I, unless someone has another mahalach and remeir. I'm open-minded to another mahalach and remeir. I don't know what, what else it would be yeah. in understanding the drush of Chag So that would resolve that way. Of, it yeah. wouldn't resolve the first way of asking the question, right. but I don't know. It, that way is a more, more problematic way, the way yeah. you ask it is more problematic than yesterday. All right. Five minutes tomorrow, guys. Okay. Oh, yeah. Good. 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 Good.